This episode of What's Tech is brought to you by Canary, a complete home security system in a single device. When Canary detects something out of the ordinary, it sends intelligent notifications with HD video straight to your phone. Canary puts you in control during an emergency. Through the Canary app, you can watch live footage, sound a built-in siren, or connect with police near your home. Start protecting your home with Canary today for just $199. Go to meetcanary.com and use the promo code TECH to get free overnight shipping. Okay, so to understand where Windows is kind of right now in 2015, we should probably go back a few years to around about 2006, um, which is back when Microsoft would like basically at the height of their Windows craziness. And they were just about to release Windows uh, Vista. They, they were doing all the the hype and all that sort of crazy stuff as you'd expect back in back in those days. Um, and they actually got a bunch of people to go out to Las Vegas and go to the Bellagio, which is one of the huge hotels there. Um, and out the front, they have these crazy water fountains that usually just provide great entertainment for the tourists, you know, walking down the street. From strip. the end of Ocean's Eleven, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's yeah. That, the only way that's, that's that the I'm That's the easiest way to describe this. it, yeah. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, so so you got these crazy fountains, and what they did is they projected um, imagery onto the fount- onto the water, um, which I I think had probably done once or twice before someone had done, but it wasn't like something that you know that you, you see every day at that point. So you, you're talking like nine years ago. So um, and it was all in the aid of this competition for Windows Vista. It was like some big campaign to go viral and to essentially send someone into space to see the ultimate vista <laughs> whatever that means the, the moving parts of this are kind of deranged like okay so we're launching an operating system for a computer naturally we should invite a bunch of people to las vegas yeah, project like, something on water fountains because we're gonna send somebody to space that seems like the natural way to launch every version of windows i'm surprised they haven't done it again but yeah, so that was essentially what they did. And they had all these clues that they dotted over the internet and stuff. And But it was a viral marketing campaign. And it just, you know, it, that was their way of trying to build the hype for Vista, which they spent so many years working on. So It really just captures the spirit of... Uh... I think it kind of shows you where the craziness of Windows and Microsoft itself got to. Where it peaked. <laughs> it peaked, yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I am your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant, and today I am joined by my friend and colleague, senior editor of TheVerge.com, Tom Warren. He is here to talk about Windows, uh, namely Windows 10, because I'm curious about it. How are you doing today, Tom? I am very well. It's getting a little dark over here, and it's you know, yeah, it's the winter. Thank you for joining us. You're, you are it's someplace far away from here. Somewhere in London. Ugh. I won't announce my exact location. For it, what 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 time is it there? It is four twenty two p.m. But it feels oh, like four twenty two a.m. because it's so damn dark. We were two minutes off from making this a really special episode of What's Tech. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's start the show. Um, for people who don't know, I guess not people who don't know. I don't even know a good way to really ask this question because it's so big, and we're gonna unpack it later. But what is Windows 10? 
So yeah, that is a big question. <laughs> um, just just let me answer it in a sentence. No, um, so window, what is Windows 10? Um, well, I guess in the most basic form, it's the latest version of Windows. Um, you know, the software, the operating system that runs on a PC, or your typical laptop or your, your desktop computer. So in its basic form, that's what Win- Windows 10 is. Um, unpacking it a little bit more, you, you'd think the 10 would, you know, this this should be the 10th version of Windows, right? I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, that would make sense, but it's totally not. Um, and we'll probably get into that a bit later. But um, but yeah, so Windows 10 is basically the software that, that's going to... If you buy, go out and buy a laptop now, you go down to Best Buy or Walmart or wherever you want to go to, to buy your laptop, um, it'll probably be running Windows 10. Um, and Microsoft really wants loads of people to be running Windows 10, so they're even giving it away to people who've got... Windows 7 or Windows 8 on their computers. Um, so you don't even have to buy a new PC to get it for free. So Okay, um, so to, I think I think the easiest way to understand this for me yeah. as a dullard <laughs> is, is to go to the very beginning. Um, sure. Windows origin story. Uh, how, mm. how does Windows come to be? When does it come to be? Um, I think they announced it... Well, I mean, they they announced their plans and stuff before this, but like 1983 was kind of like the, you know, we're 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 doing this sort of thing, um, doing Windows 1.0, um, and essentially, I guess the way it came about is it was it was going to be like an interface on top of like this command line that everyone had been using at that time. So back in those days, that the, the way that you interacted with computers, you know, they weren't on every desk. Um, they were very like for power users and stuff. And you you type into them with a keyboard, and you wouldn't necessarily use a mouse. Um, you probably wouldn't around that time. Um, you'd just be literally using command line, so typing out crazy code and um, and all that stuff. And it wasn't really, you know, you're not exactly going to be launching up YouTube and watching a video. It wasn't exactly a, a social experience or anything you know, exciting or entertaining. Um, it was pretty dull um, and bland. So. I think the the kind of Microsoft wanted to to build on that, and they weren't they weren't the first to do like a, a graphical user interface, is, is like how we refer to it now. And they certainly weren't the worst the, the first at the time, but um, they kind of wanted com- to combine that keyboard, the mouse, and that um, graphical user interface into like an operating system that was you know a lot more powerful than the command line. Um, and I guess that's kind of where it came about, and 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 the idea of like. The whole idea of the word Windows, um, which is not what it was going to be called originally, like they, I think they called they planned to call it like Interface Manager, which would be amazing. <laughs> Imagine Interface Manager Ten is now available to download. <laughs> I mean, I really preferred Interface Manager ninety five. Yeah, uh, that one really that, connected that, that was really the big one. Line. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the the idea of like that that actual Windows name and how that came about is just. Is literally because you could window apps. You could tile like the original version. You could tile them, um, but obviously it progressed over the years, and you can window them and do all sorts of um, manipulation to them and stuff. But that's that's kind of how that name came about. The idea of having these these apps running alongside each other in like Windows. So you use the word operating system. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain <laughs> what that is. <laughs> another big another big question. Um, <laughs> It's basically like the very low-level software that makes, like, in geeky terms, like the calls to the hardware um, to control your PC. So it's basically like the 
like say you go um i'm trying to think of like a middleman um scenario but like maybe I wanted to buy a house. Um, I would go to, you know, a broker and then they would arrange um, with the seller and that, that middleman, that person, that like broker who's, who's doing all that arranging. That's kind of like the operating system. Um, and I'm the, I'm the software and the other, the, the seller is the hardware. And essentially I'm telling them things and they're passing it along. Um, and that's basically what the operating system does. It sits there in the middle and it's, it's controlling the 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 uh, peripherals that might be attached. So, like the print, like if you needed a printer, for example, um, that would need software in, in the form of an op, op, on the operating system, and a driver that the operating system would control. Um, and that's basically what the operating system at the very like basic level. And back in those days, at the very you know like very very basic version of Windows, that's pretty much what it does. Obviously, today it's like an all-encompassing ecosystem that you know you have all these apps that run on top of it and um, but it, it, essentially, it's that it's that sort of thing. It's at the basic low level, it controls the hardware um, inside of your PC. You mentioned early, I mean, just a second ago, this mm-hmm. idea of Windows as the the early version is actual Windows. Like you, there's yeah. a, a, a kind of a desktop space, and you open things, and you can have multiple things open at once, and you can see them, and you don't have to be talking to command. Sure. Uh, yeah. How how has that evolved from Windows One to uh, I guess Windows Ten? That's so confusing because there's not. Ten, <laughs> yeah. But yes, how has it evolved over the years? Yeah, so like obviously they they released the first version as Windows One point and then they went two point and three point and three point one three eleven. Like they've gone through all the, the the names and they've they've gone to like XP and Vista and names that don't have numbers, but um. So in terms of the name, it's it's come back around to the numbers for for some reason. But um, but in terms of how it's evolved, um, I guess just like looking at it from a you know you have it on your personal PC um, back in back in those the days of like Windows One and even through to like Windows Three, is very basic stuff. Um, a lot of people still like the command line at that time. Um, they're afraid of change. You know, like people found the keyboard was faster to navigate around. Like it, it's the same. Thing we're kind of experiencing now with touch um where people are like finding quicker ways to to use touch apps and, and all that sort of stuff especially when you're mobile um so it's that kind of it was that kind of pull and tug on um especially during the early days um and it kind of evolved from that um basically from like the keyboard and the mouse and just navigating around and be able to to take advantage of both those pieces of hardware so it's very much although it's obviously a piece of software um it's very much driven by like what hardware it was running on and what people wanted to do with it um i think like the like the tagline that bill gates used um was that it was designed for the serious pc user um for like productivity which is still a thing that they still say even in windows 10 today so it's been very much microsoft's sort of focus with windows it's always been for the serious pc user and for the like the ultimate productivity um, and for you know for the workplace and stuff, um, but then yeah, over the years, um, I guess it's grown up in like the the big change was pretty much came with Windows ninety five um, because they introduced the start button and the start menu, um, so they kind of changed the UI from like this flat um, you know tiled windowed interface um, to to like like having a cent- central point where you'd have your apps and be, be able to launch them. And that kind of like that paradigm still exists today. Um, they tried to kind of take it away with Windows 8, um, which I guess we, I don't know if we're going to go into much later on, but um, but they, they've, 
they've kept it fairly consistent over the years. Um, so if you looked at like Windows 95 compared to Windows 10 today, um, it obviously looks different. Um, the themes are going to look different. But the very fundamentals, like the fact that you can still have an app that was built in Windows 95 and built to run on that operating system, and it would probably still work fine in Windows 10. Um, it's kind of like where Microsoft's been, like the whole legacy of Windows is that it's been familiar um, throughout those years. So it's always been comfortable for people to upgrade or buy a new PC. Um, and I guess with Windows 8, that kind of did change because they went down the path of really going for touch screens and trying to go for these tablets and stuff. Um, okay, you, you mentioned Windows 8. Yeah. And that's going to raise the immediate question. Yeah. Windows 8. Oh, man. They, boy, did they really <laughs> what botch it. With they really stubbed their toe. Yeah. What, what, yada, yada, yada. It, sure. Surely Windows 9 was a real course correction. But I haven't <laughs> heard you mention Windows 9. Uh, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> well, the joke is uh, 7, 8, 9, right? Like, that's the silly joke. It's not funny. Uh, <laughs> it was probably funny for like about five seconds, but it's... um. Now, what happened to Windows 9? Um, so there's, there's also like a, a myth that um, due to some code, I can't remember the exact code changes, but due, due to some code changes in Windows over the years that apps wouldn't run properly in Windows 10 because they thought they would be Windows 1.0 or something related to that. I can't remember the exact technical details, but that's like the theory. I think both of those, obviously the joke is obviously not real but um but both of those like are just as silly as each other really because i think the reason why there isn't a windows 9 is because i think more microsoft's marketing and more that they want people on this windows 10 and like if i think when they had like xp and stuff um it's a hugely popular part of the windows history um but people haven't moved away from it um they have now but like they're still like you know, thousands, millions even, um, of people using XP. And I think they don't want that same thing to happen with Windows 7. Um, so Windows, t like naming it Windows 10 instead of Windows 9, is like, it works in many ways because when people look and see, oh, I've got Windows 7, then they see Windows 10 is out, they're like, oh, I'm three years behind or I'm like three versions behind or however, you know, it, it, it feels older than it actually is. Um, so I think it's like a, kind of a little bit of a clever marketing trick um, more than anything. Um, and I think it just gives them a good reset point, like, this is Windows 10, and this is where we're at. Does, yeah, does 10 just feel more definitive? That seems so silly that, like, it, it, one number is more definitive than another. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think it's all to do with the marketing message. And I think, like, I was there when they first announced the name for Windows 10, and everyone was expecting Windows 9, I was expecting Windows 9. Um, so I think it's also, like, a the element of surprise as well and it like it turned like what would be traditionally a boring naming announcement and like a little bit of a product unveil into something that was like oh crap microsoft's calling it windows 10 like what the hell it got everyone talking about it and it built the you know the expectation and some sort of excitement around it sure um okay let's talk about uh osx mm -hmm. that's what i have running on my macbook pro right now yeah how is it different than, say, Windows 10? Well, I mean, so that's the funny thing about OS X and Windows over the year, like uh, over the years. Like at the very beginning, they were very different, um, and now because of the web and because of the way apps are and stuff, they've moved a lot closer together. Um, I wouldn't say they're exactly the same, um, 
but like how how is it different um like on on a mac you're still using a dock you still have all like the icons your your favorite apps are pinned at the bottom um you access them that way there's no like menu per se to like sort of get into those they're, they're just visible um whereas on windows you have the start button um but, but microsoft has adapted like that ability to ha- almost have a dock at the bottom um which is you know the same as OS X, where you can pin apps um along that bottom there um so again it's, it's different but it's still pretty similar um but microsoft still obviously got the start menu um that would be the, the sort of main place where you'd have your apps um just because docking them at the uh, sorry pinning them at the bottom kind of kind of gets a little cloud um but the, like the fundamentals obviously at like the kernel level and you know beyond that is that like they're they're totally different it's, you know max based on unix and stuff um so they're, they're separate in that sense it's like you couldn't easily win uh, run a windows app natively on uh, the mac for example you, you have to use virtualization um and there's, there's several apps that do that um, so it's kind of like two businesses that are very similar, but the language being used internally is different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's it's not too hard to switch between the two these days, just because a lot of the stuff you're gonna be doing is out of the browser um, or out of apps, and those apps are usually available on both. Um, so it's not like it's not as different different as it used to be. I don't think, and there's still like the file system is very different, like the way you interact with files and you rename folders and delete stuff, and those things are still very different. Um, but f- for like the most stuff that you're gonna do on a Mac or, or Windows PC, they're pretty they're pretty easy to figure out for for, for the average user. I think. Okay, so here's the selfish part about why I have you on uh, this show. <laughs> Uh, I I have to use Windows 10 now for my gaming PC. I shouldn't say have to. I've actually really enjoyed it. Right. Um, but I'm, I have not used Windows a whole hell of a lot since like high school. Yeah. Um. So you, uh, someone who I I think of as an expert on uh, Microsoft and Windows, I assume will know all all the neat tricks. What what is a feature or features in Windows 10 that I probably am not using, but I should be using. Hmm, that's a good. I mean, like the most obvious one is Cortana. Um, like you could do some cool stuff, like, like even just the basic search stuff that's built into Windows Ten. Um, you can do some pretty cool stuff. Um, so like, say you've got an iPhone or an Android device, or whatever, and you take a picture of I don't know a restaurant menu. Um, if you had those images backing up to OneDrive, then in Windows 10 it like will search through that text within that image. So you could just type in part of the menu and it'd find that image straight away. So that kind of stuff's cool. I don't think many people use that um, or know about it. Um, but like that ties into like the whole Cortana stuff, um, which is one of the big things they did with Windows 10 is like bring this idea of Cortana, which is like this personal digital assistant that they, they kind of brought to their phone initially um, and tie it into the desktop. Um, so there's some cool stuff around that where you can obviously search for like, you know, tell me a joke and it's very much like Siri, um, yeah. or search for the weather and, you know, all that basic stuff. But beyond that, like if you're using the, um, the edge browser, which is essentially internet explorer, let's be honest. Um, if you're using the edge browser and you, you visit like, um, I don't know, a restaurant, um, Cortana might pop up and be like, oh, here's the directions or this is how long it'll take you to get there. Cause it knows, you know, where you are and stuff. Um, so some kind of neat tricks, and I think I think the Cortana stuff is um, 
is something that I don't necessarily use all the time, but like when it does pop up and like you know tells me the the the, score, uh, the sports scores or something like that, um, then it's kind of like an it's like oh that's nice it's uh, it's useful and I think that's going to be something that they're going to build upon quite a lot in like the future updates to to Windows 10. I feel like between Cortana and Siri, we are really just slowly getting chill about having like <laughs> the Scarlett Johansson character from her in our yeah. lives. Yeah. Like I found it's going to go talking, that way. Isn't it? You, you yeah, just, it's, that... it's weird how okay you are with it. Sci-fi movies realize, are scarily like, accurate at predicting the future or predicting yeah. some forms of the future anyway. And, it's um, also the only uh, assistant that has like all of your personal information, including like your social security number buried somewhere on your computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a little terrifying. It is a. Uh, it's going to be interesting. In, like I don't know, fifteen twenty years. See how we're uh, we're using PCs. We're probably like uh, laptop. Why are you using a laptop? You know. It's just going to be inside your skull telling yeah, you what exactly. to do next. Um. I, I I was just in uh, Redmond a few weeks ago. Okay. And one of the things that I heard from everybody at Microsoft uh, was this idea of Windows 10. It's the it's the one Microsoft. Windows 10 is this yeah. OS that's going to work across all hardware, and people will design for one of those things and work on all of them. Sure. Is that, like, a really believable or attainable future for the company? Yeah, so I mean, they've been talking about this for years, and it it wasn't necessarily related to to Windows Ten at the time when they first sort of started talking about it. They they originally um, pitched it as like free screens in the cloud, um, the idea of having common apps or experiences across your phone, your PC, your laptop, um, and then your television in your living room, um, and that's kind of where they started with this with this idea. Really, I mean, it dates back a little bit further than that, probably, but. Um, that's 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 essentially the very core of it. Um, can one single operating system work across all these devices and bring harmony to your to your life? Um, and I think they're at the very be- like although they've been talking about it for years, I think they're at the very beginning of like that possibly becoming a reality um, with Windows 10. Um, so the the core fundamental idea behind Windows 10 is that the, a, a common amount of the code. That, that powers these new apps um, is shared across every sort of variant of Windows 10, whether it's on a phone or, or a PC or uh, even on your Xbox, um, your Xbox One. Um, and that basically enables developers who are creating these apps, like you know your Snapchats and your Instagrams and all those popular apps um, on your mobile, um, to then use the same code across these multiple devices um, not have to create separate apps for each one um, so although that's all true um, whether we actually see these apps and whether people or the developers sorry um, like tweak them per device and make them really like meaningful or worthwhile um, we haven't really seen that yet um, there's not too many instances of like big name apps where it works across all three and you know, you have that harmony where they're all sort of talking to each other and um, and it makes sense. So I think they're at the very beginning stage of that. Um, it's definitely, they're definitely at a stage where they can make it reality now. This is kind of like, uh, I guess, a philosophical question mm-hmm. to end on. But this is a noble pursuit, right? Like Microsoft saying, hey, we want an operating system. 
that will make it so whatever you use, you can use it seamlessly uh, and effortlessly. There's obviously, it's not altruistic. Like, they would stand to benefit greatly if they controlled everything that we used. Uh, but is this really even, like, likely for the average person when, I mean, the typical person might use Chrome for their browser, yeah. uh, have an iPhone in their pocket, have a Windows computer at work, have a MacBook at home, uh you know, it, 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 I, I feel like we are so shuffled between operating systems and the companies that control our hardware yeah. that the idea of a universal OS seems strange in that it would require a lot of people basically breaking away. Yeah, and I think that's the problem with it is that, that they have this. Um, but I think it really sets up like the, the whole idea of like having Windows 10 and this universal OS and universal apps um it makes a lot more sense if in a scenario where everyone starts using their phone as their main computer um because then having those those experiences that scale up um to like a laptop form or even to a to a tv then it's like okay this you know i can see why why they would why, why you'd want that um for a single device but i think across these multiple devices at the moment it's really hard to to sell that because You've obviously got Windows phones and they're not doing particularly well. They're not selling very well. Um, and basically everyone's running, uh, using an Android or iOS device pretty much. Um, so it doesn't really apply to that world. And that's the, the world, that's the reality now is mobile is, is where people are developing these apps and it's where we're seeing all that innovation. Um, so they're in a tricky situation when they're trying to sell this idea that, that does seem, it does seem like an ideal situation. Like you're all in on Windows and... It's great if you are in Windows and it, it it works together well, but I think the problem is that mobile being behind in the mobile space is is kind of limiting its its appeal really. Um, but I think at the same time, like you'll see away from like Windows and stuff, is that Microsoft's doing these cross-platform apps. Like you can get Outlook for iOS or Android, um, and I think that that's their their kind of like not their Plan B, but like their backup is you know we've got all these apps and just they're trying to hook people into this Microsoft ecosystem and then try and sell them Windows 10 and then try and send them the idea of, Oh, Hey, you know, you can, you can use windows across your phone and your laptop. And then maybe they'll buy into all three and have it on the TV. And, you know, that's their kind of idea, whether that's ever going to happen. I mean, we're going to have to wait years and years to, to sort of find out, but yeah. I guess that's, the, that's their play. Like try and be everywhere but at the same time have like their own ecosystem that works really well together and like that's really tight. Um, and that's, I'd say it's pretty much future ready. Like it's not future proof, but it's, it's ready for like a time that if, if we do start using phones as our main PCs and let's, let's be honest that the chipsets and the power of these phones and the tablets are getting pretty much on par with, with a PC these days. There's, it's, it's not going to take long before most people won't need the power of a dedicated laptop to, to do the basic computing that they need, so who knows? <laughs> Just have to make the batteries a little longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lasting longer than a day would be would be handy. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, no worries. Uh, where can uh, people find you on Twitter and elsewhere on the internet? So I am on Twitter at Tom Warren, so that's W-A-R-R-E-N, um, and that's pretty much the only place I reside on the internet. I'm on Facebook and stuff like that, but... That's, and that's theverge.com. The, and the Verge, yeah, and theverge.com. Greatest website in the history of yeah. the internet. I mean, yeah. pretty much. 
Thank you uh, all for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of What's Tech. You can catch us every Tuesday. You can find us on The Verge. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, where I recommend that you leave a review. It helps us get to more people. But really, what I recommend, or what I ask, I guess, uh, this holiday season, is to just share the show with a friend or a loved one. Uh, or, I don't know, somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time. Maybe somebody from high school who posts things on Facebook and you're like, that's questionable. They could, like, use something that makes them think a little bit more about how the world works. Pass the show to them. It'll be great. We'll start a conversation. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba.